Resuming Nerd World Order Broadcast Dynatherms connected Initiating broadcast signal in Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, this is the Nerd World Order broadcast. I am the man that you call Dukes, and to my right, here comes the... Booyah! What's up? It's your boy, Joe. What's good, everybody? And to my other, other right, coming straight out of Krakoa, weighing in at 178 adamantium-filled pounds, Alfonso X-Man Flores. Krakoa represent. Thank you so much for tuning in to this, the official podcast of the nerd world order community gentlemen it's great to be back it's great to be hanging out with both of you what you been up to that's nerdy lately um i didn't have a lot of a lot of nerdy uh, stuff going on you know i hang out with the kid he's six and he you know he wants to watch what he wants to watch so um there's this new disney plus cartoon uh spider-man and uh miles morales which well he goes by a different name now what is that again sticky or something like that and then uh you got ghost spider so it's the three of them it's like a kid show they all have big heads you know they all learn an important lesson like they taught the hulk how to calm down it's like take a step back and count to five and like hulk's just wanted to stomp on rhino but he can't do it because he's gotta get his anger under control because that's the lesson you learn today kids that sounds pretty cool uh, always hanging out with your son, which I love and appreciate, man. So that's pretty cool. Let me tell you what I've been up to uh, this weekend. I wanted to get out and do something nerdy. So here in the Inland Empire, which is where I live, or Los Angeles Light, depending on whatever they want to call it, uh, there's a uh, nerd swap meet called Frankenson. So I walked Frankenson's, uh, saw a really cool car for the X-Man that he didn't have in his collection, but I didn't get it. I just sent him a picture. And because I have Sprint, my connection was really bad. And I was literally home <laughs> when the message went through. But hey, you know, next time. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I think it was your uh, Android phone. It was my Android phone. And I will use my Android phone no matter what as much as possible because I do love my Android phone. And Sprint does suck too. We all know that. Uh, then I picked up some comic books. Uh, got the Hulk, which I absolutely love. So the Immortal Hulk, which I'm always hyping up, ended at issue 50. Uh, but then Donnie Cates continued along uh, with a new comic book, which is called Hulk. Now, Donnie, Donnie Cates is an amazing writer. He's the guy who gave us Null. If you want to take a character and sort of reimagine him like he's done with Venom, like he did with Thor, like he did with the Hulk, you call on Donnie Cates. So I'm pretty hyped that I picked up some comic books and, you know, I picked up, uh, you know, uh, Hulk, Immortal Hulk. It's lazy writing, writing, calling him the Hulk because the Hulk switches between Incredible Hulk, other adjective Hulk, and then they go back to Hulk. So right now they're back to Hulk, but you know, still it's pretty good. They need an uncanny Hulk. Hulk, uncanny Hulk. <laughs> that would be sweet. They do have Weapon H. Are you familiar yes. with Weapon H? Okay. 
okay. I, yeah, yep. Yeah, so he's he's kind of like uh, <laughs> he's not a mutant though. No, but you could see him doing a crossover with the X Men. Maybe. Oh, I just finished watching The Witcher season two. Yeah, really good. I like it. I like Witcher. It's a really good series. Looking forward to. Uh, get, there's a prequel coming out. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it has Michelle Yeoh in it. So I'm looking forward uh, to watching that. We're going to be talking about it a little bit later, but uh, I finished, I watched the first three episodes of uh, Peacemaker. Watching a show called Article 81, which I strongly recommend. Uh, it's made by, I believe it's James Wan, who is uh, pretty much the guy who makes all the cool, creepy movies uh, through Blumhouse. So, and Aquaman. Strongly. I got, a little, I got a little story here real quick. Sure. I, uh, <laughs> I was in my local comic shop, you know, not not the one I, I uh, actually get my books from because I drive all the way to him to get them from Diggers Comics and Collectibles. But uh, here in Westminster, or near me in Westminster, there's a comic book shop. Name escapes me. I, I should look it up and give him a drop because uh, it's it's a really good shop, you know. I mean, they're just, you know, looking around like you do. You got to. And, of course, you want to support local businesses. So I had to pick something up. But me and my buddy Devlin were in there and boom, the lights went out. We hear, don't panic. And, you know, you just got a room full of nerds. It was a pretty packed place. And, you know, nobody left. Nobody was asked to leave. Everybody just turned on their cell phone lights and just kept continuing looking at what they're looking at, trying to find what they want. And, um, you know, I looked around because it's the kind of guy I am. Nobody was stealing anything, dude. I was like, man, I was going to bust out some karate moves and be like, you put that back, son. <laughs> but, no, it, I was very impressed with my fellow nerd, you know, uh, yesterday. That was, that was pretty impressive. The nerd community is pretty interesting that it's like you have the fringe who might steal, but the the diehards stealing from the comic book shop would be like stealing from your own family almost, you know? Right, right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And you go in there every week, <laughs> every Wednesday. <laughs> there, there's no if you're gonna steal from there, you're not gonna go back there. <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> you don't want to burn that bridge. Honest. Let's yeah. be honest. The, Especially the owner, knows, the owner knows everybody that goes in there. Yeah, that's so, for sure. I mean, it's and they know when somebody's new. I'm not going to watch The Witcher. I'm put that out there right now. <laughs> but I think we should do a Witcher episode because X has brought it up before. The Ninja has brought it up before. I'll just sit back and be like, "Wow, that sounds great. I should watch that one day." But I'm not going to. <laughs> But just I just watch episode one. Watch episode one. And then you'll watch episode two. And then you'll just watch, watch episode it's... one and see what it's like. Yeah. Just put it in your mouth, switch it around, see what you think of the taste. You got 40 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> you ain't got nothing but time. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, I feel like you guys are like those uh those old 80s, 90 drug dealers where they're like, <laughs> Hey man, just take a hit, it's free. <laughs> right. I just want here for free because <laughs> that's what every drug dealer sounded like in a movie in the 80s and 90s movies right right and then the next thing you know like two scenes later i'll be strung out on witcher i'll be like yo got me more than witcher episodes and ended up three episodes you know so, so no no let's be honest let's be honest you watch some whack-ass shows man you can take 40 <laughs> minutes out your day to watch one episode of the witcher it's not one episode. I know what you guys are trying to do. Okay? No, it's it's gateway drug. I know what you're trying to do, bro. 
<laughs> you're like just just watch one episode just watch one that's all this no. is like nope to dope ug to drugs <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna do it bro i you're right i do watch really bad shows but i can turn those shows off anytime i want to and not feel like what i've watched is incomplete i don't feel like i'm missing anything when I turn off an episode of Rift Tracks halfway through, <laughs> I'm good with that. UTF's never really been into Dungeons and Dragons type TV shows or movies. What you're stating is absolute fact. Mm -hmm. I've never, I've only seen one of the Harry Potter movies. I've never seen any of those Fantastical Beast movies. It's pretty good. Um, I only saw Labyrinth probably about five years ago after the passing of the great Mr. David Bowie. Yeah. I'm not in all the fantasy Dungeons and Dragons stuff. But bear in mind, you've had lesser nerds give you lesser recommendations, and you've watched those. I think I'm hurt. Why are you calling out Steven, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Cult Popcast, by the way. Uh, Shout out to you actually getting the name right. Hey, bro, I've probably got a piece of paper here, and I'm probably <laughs> looking off over at it like, cold pop ass. Well, you got you to gotta do it like in the Moon Knight trailer. Stevie. No, it's Steven. <laughs> yeah, shout out to those guys. They're awesome. If you're not listening to the cult podcast, you should definitely give it an opportunity. What, Joe? What? The cold I have the power cast. to edit. Listen to the cold podcast. <laughs> I have the power to edit. You don't think I'm going to go back in and it's going to be like the cult podcast? <laughs> you should listen to the cult podcast. <laughs> Why does this sound like a robot lady every time but, anyone says that? But you know, you guys, yeah, if you get a chance, listen to it. It'll, it'll actually make you a smarter person and a. <laughs> Uh, uh, a connoisseur of the fine arts and theater or movies. <laughs> Absolutely. I think if there are two people who can look at cinema, whether it be good or bad or television shows, whether it be good or bad and, and make sense out of it, but they also look at it from a very intelligent perspective. Check out Gabe and Steven. Yo, Alan, if you can torture yourself while watching the newest Matrix movie, then you can spend 40 minutes watching the Witcher. You won't be disappointed. Not only have I seen the newest Matrix movie, I've seen it twice, and I was considering watching it again. How am I going to find time to do both? How can I watch the Matrix Resurrections for the third time and watch The Witcher? Can't do both. It's just pick The Witcher. Have I spent thousands of dollars on The Witcher? <laughs> no. You know, thousands of dollars on The Matrix or just toss a coin to your Witcher, right? <laughs> right? Oh. Yeah. Apparently that's a song in the in the show that everybody loves. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys ready to talk some DC rumor mill? Oh, oh yeah. In my opinion, DC can just mess up anything and at this point i feel like it's not dc that messes up anything it's like dc is part of a family and the family's name is warner brothers and the warner brothers family is basically like the adams family of the movie studio community 
and everything they touch just becomes a bizarre joke of what we've enjoyed before or what we expected. So let's get into the rumor mill. I'll let one of you guys kick it off about the tweet that went out about DC possibly erasing the Snyderverse and basically rewriting everything that we watched for the past 10 years in the DC EU. Everybody's upset because the Snyderverse is going to disappear, which he kind of redeemed himself, you know, when they redid the Justice League, right? And redeemed himself. My problem with that is, I don't know if you guys are both familiar, the continuing story after that is basically Superman goes off to try to fight Darkseid, right? And then Batman has an affair with Lois Lane. Mm -hmm. And then that's what, you know, and then she dies. And then that's what, and then Darkseid manipulates Superman. And that's where it goes from there. That doesn't sound good to me. What do you guys think? You think that sounds you think that would have been better to see? Well, that sounds like it would lead up to injustice. I mean, same kind of situation. And uh, just to give you guys a heads up, I, I when you asked what I did nerdy this week, I rented uh the DC animated movie Injustice. And wow, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but wow, that was some amazing stuff there. Did you guys see that? I have not seen the animated movie. I religiously played Injustice 1 and Injustice 2, and I love those games. Right. There's, there's an Injustice comic book, which basically takes off or, or takes off after everything that happens in the Injustice video game, and it's so good. Right, right. Yeah, um, I, I played the first Injustice game, and the story was, was amazing. Um, it's similar, but I think it, it's just a little more because, you know, they don't have to take time with all the gameplay, but, uh, if you guys get a chance, definitely watch it. Um, I can't recommend that enough, I'll but check yeah, it out. to your point, um, yeah, I, I think that they, you know, they were trying to do something as different from Marvel as they possibly could. And I think if they could have continued on with the Snyderverse, uh, you know, plan, I think that could have worked well. I mean, where they were going without the Snyderverse, clearly that was failing, uh, I mean, you basically had the same movie that premiered first, and it was a flop. And then, you know, then they showed it the way that it was meant to be, and it was just so much better. Now, I can't honestly speak to that. I can only say what I've what I've seen in the news and the internet's, and because I I haven't finished watching the Snyderverse remake or you know rehash. Or I, I gotta I gotta get out there and watch that again. <laughs> X Man. Okay, I'm I'm gonna break this up into two parts. First of all, what you described, Joe sounds like some trash it sounds like some dc garbage that mm -hmm. they would give us i don't want to see that okay right. i do not no. want to see that trash now let me speak to mr disappointing the thousands and thousands of the people listening to the nwo broadcast right now okay joe can tell you this i wake up in the morning and hope that DC puts out another trashy-ass movie so I can say, DC sucks. DC failed yet again. Mm -hmm. But when I watched the Snyder Cut, I think I called Joe and I was like, my bro, I'm <laughs> impressed. Yeah. You are missing out, X-Man. Yeah, you might lose some sleep tonight. 
Yeah. But finish it up tonight. Well, tell you what, I'll watch that and you watch the first <laughs> three episodes of The Witcher. He's not going to. <laughs> not going it's an to. even exchange. That's your loss, bro. <laughs> no, I'm going to totally watch it, though. <laughs> yeah, but now let me ask you both a question real quick. With this whole reboot of the whole DC universe, they're gonna. There's no gonna. They're not gonna be any more Henry Carville. There's not gonna be any more Ben Affleck, right? For Batman. So now they're trying to bring in a Supergirl and a Batgirl. What do you think about that? And you think it will? You think it'll work? Well, I mean, I don't mind it, uh, not at all. I mean, I Supergirl and Batgirl are awesome. But what I'm hearing is that they're going to completely erased Superman and Batman and it's just going to be them. And if that's the case, I mean, you know, I, why can't we have them both? You know, uh, Henry Cavill, 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 he's, he did such a great job as Superman. And I, you know, I wanted that Superman, what, two movies, two or three that we were expected. And then we got, uh, we got Batman v Superman, you know, he's, he's, such a good actor uh he's got the stature and a lot of times you know if you're not if you don't have the right stature you're, you're just gonna fail as a superman you know um brandon routh he, he was super tall but he didn't quite have the same stature you know and well, of course he had the worst villain ever what was it an island i mean i mean krakoa is an island and you know that's done right but you know everybody can't be the x-men <laughs> no they can't be Joe, I can't answer this question 100% because my first thought is DC is trying to give us something we don't care about. And that's not going to work. DC has not had the success that Marvel has had in giving us B-list, D-list characters and making us care about them. The only real successes that i feel like dc has done with that and of course you know i'm biased number one would be shazam but if i'm going to be 100 percent honest when i talk to people about shazam they're like oh what i've never heard of that i'm gonna watch that there's a lot of people who haven't seen shazam and then i think the other success that i've seen most recently is suicide squad but that's james gunn like mm -hmm. james gunn can just come out and you know he could he could put a blank picture up on the screen and it would be hilarious with great character development okay <laughs> with, with great music with awesome music right yeah. but that is not dc's track record in fact if you think about it shazam doesn't follow the model that and i know you loved aquaman shazam doesn't follow the model that most dc movies have because oh they're dark and gritty shazam was funny it was it was upbeat mm -hmm. same with suicide squad so here's my point people watch dc because of the big three right wonder woman batman and obviously superman they're the big three mm -hmm. that's why justice league did so well it's opening week before people figured out it was trash in the movie theaters <laughs> because they went there to see the big three they're not going to be able to pull this off with batgirl and supergirl they're not going to be able to do it people are going to be male nerds unfortunately can be chauvinistic mm -hmm. they can be hypercritical and they can make decisions about characters 
actors and actresses before they even have the opportunity to see trailers, dailies, or anything like that. And given the fact that these two characters are females replacing male leads, they're going to shun it anyway. Uh, so it's going to fail horribly. I'm okay with that if it doesn't feel forced. Like this bad girl and bat or this bad girl and supergirl, I feel like it's forced. You're forcing me to like them when everybody wants to see Batman and wants to see Superman. No one wants to see Batgirl or Superwoman. Nobody. Now, I can see why they want to do that. How many do you have Batgirl as well as Supergirl to compare to? Other than Supergirl, I think, has a movie out, like an old movie. Like I think it was like in the 90s. And yeah, then I the TV it. show. And if you remember, like on CW, I, I really liked Supergirl. Remember, I, I was telling you how much I like it. But you're starting to force culture down my throat. And that's why that show's not around anymore. People want to be entertained. I don't want you to push your own beliefs onto me. I just want to watch it for entertainment. You're right. I think There's no subtlety. Mm -hmm. I, I think that Marvel might have an agenda, but it's done a lot differently. Shang-Chi is an Asian character, and he simply was introduced as opposed to there, there are obviously numerous versions of like, you know, let's say Spider-Man. Instead of saying, okay, now we're going to take this character that you're familiar with and turn him into this character, Marvel does a very good job because they have a social agenda as well. They try to uh, promote diversity, uh, promote equality, things of this nature, but they don't do it at the expense of losing a character you already like. Yeah. And to your point, Joe, we're going to be offended when they try to just take away something we like and say, look over here, it looks similar. So now you like mm -hmm. this too. Alfie, what do you think about this? You remember like a, you know, end game where they had the woman team up? Yeah. <laughs> you think DC, or, you know what? It might not even be DC. Let's just say Warner Brothers. You think Warner Brothers seen that and said, hmm, let's do our own version? You, you know they're definitely watching what Marvel's doing, and you know, if you were in that, if you were in that theater the first, you know, seven times anybody ever saw it, the reaction for that was huge. I mean, yeah, was it was it entirely necessary? No, because Captain Marvel could have done it all on her own. But you know, it 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 was. I mean, there was, and it was around the same time Wonder Woman came out, I believe, and and you know, they had. It, it was Wonder Woman did. A, I think the first one was they did a great job uh, of empowering women, uh, and and in Endgame they did a great job empowering women in that part. You know, I I think that was nice because it was natural. You know, it wasn't something that they you know it's like, oh look over here now it's this haha. You know, they're not trying to pull one over on us. You know, they they worked with what they had, and you know it wasn't just like okay guys stand back the women are going to take this. You know, they just all happened to be available at the time. You know. But yeah, I could definitely see that DC saw that and saw something and went ka-ching. Alan, what do you think about this? What if they just did this? Make a Satana movie. You know, that's that the Doctor Strange, right? You got Santana, you got Catwoman, you got Hawkgirl. Dude, you even can use Power Girl. I remember you used to love Power Girl, which is like a different version of Supergirl. There's so many, many different characters that they could have done you got donna troy who's you know like she's in the series of like um teen titans you got so many different female characters that you could make leads 
that you didn't have to do the Supergirl and Bad Bad Girl. You didn't have to do that. What do you think about that? I think that you brought up Satana and Supergirl, or excuse me, Power Girl, because you know I still love both of those characters. And you get them to say yes. Here's the thing about DC slash Warner Brothers. They don't take risks. You think that James Gunn would have gotten to make his version of Suicide Squad had he not been James Gunn? IMO is probably DC's most risky movie, but they had they already had Harley Quinn. They had a lot of marketable stars, and they knew that people who liked Marvel and like Guardians of the Galaxy would simply go because we all believe in James Gunn. To your point, I agree 110%. I'd love to see a Zatanna movie. I would love to see a Power Girl movie. I think all of those would be great, but they're going to put it on TV. That's what they do. They throw it on WB. Or excuse me, what is it, CW now? Yeah. <laughs> um, so they throw it on CW, and it basically fizzles into nothing. They give it $5 special effects, but they will not invest or take serious risks with unproven characters. So this is why they're giving us Batgirl, because Batgirl, Batman. Oh, you're going to go watch this. Supergirl, Supergirl, Super, Superman. Oh, you're going to go watch this. Dude, I'm getting upset just talking about this. It's just horrible. You know? Do you think it's DC or WB? Because if you watch the animation, I mean, Afonso was just talking about Injustice. I've been actually watching Justice League Unlimited on HBO Max, and it's so good. I can sit there, every episode's good. And they have so many different characters that it switches on and off. You still have, and what's good about Justice League Unlimited, bro. They focus on John Stewart. How dope is that? Like he's in a lot of those episodes as a leader and 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 mentoring a lot of these young characters that are inside, you know, the Justice League. My thing is, it has to be WB and not, and not DC. You're 100 percent right. I mean, Warner Brothers. I don't know if you sort of keep up with the machinations as far as what they're doing, but uh, AT and T. Warner Brothers are constantly shuffling the deck with how they're doing movies, how they're presenting their properties. So you're right. It has nothing to do with DC. I doubt if DC even has any creative control at this point. It's just about Warner Brothers putting out money because that's what they need to do. They AT&T bought Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. They need to print money. So they're not taking risks. They have to print money. Every every division of AT&T has to be profitable. That's why they move the way that they move right now. An additional thought there, and this is one of those, well, I kind of understand why they're doing this, but I don't. Uh, things that Flash is supposed to go back and change. He's supposed to stop the fight between Zod and Superman. And if that never happens, that means that uh, Superman never dies. Uh, that means that there's no doomsday. Uh, which means that there's no need for a Justice League because the mother boxes never get woken up. All, it's just a cascading effect by changing that, right? That's why, and I don't know what's going to happen with uh, Superman or Batman, but that's 
part of the thing that they're doing is basically erasing all of those. Now, the other thing that rumor mill has it is that they're going to stop the death of Steve Trevor, which means Wonder Woman 84 never happens, which would be good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we already watched it, right? So mm-hmm. do me no flavors, Flash. What do you guys think about that whole Wonder Woman thing? Why would they do that? I don't know. I think it's kind of weird because like, so if they if he goes back and fixes that time, where does where's Superman? Obviously, they're focusing on Supergirl, and then where's where's Bruce Wayne? If they're gonna make Batgirl, you know, it's like how are they gonna do that? And supposedly, I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard someone was telling me that Henry signed on to do a movie as Superman again, and that's why he hasn't done. He's not doing season three yet. He hasn't committed to season three of The Witcher. I don't know if that's true. I heard that a few days ago. If that's the case, are they just saying that stuff and they're still going to have Superman and Batman and Supergirl and Batgirl, but they'll just focus more on Batgirl and Supergirl as opposed to Superman, Batman, but it's there on a back burner in case they need them? Yeah, I I just, just so long as they don't just get rid of Batman and Superman, like the rumor mill is saying. I do have a good accord that, you know, from reputable sites, this movie isn't going to erase people. It's not going to. (laughs) <laughs> when it comes to what the what they tell you to say or what you're allowed to say at press conferences who knows who knows but i mean i i don't mind if they all take a back seat and and they bring in bat girl and supergirl i mean that's that's totally fine i mean there's nothing wrong with that they do they deserve movies yeah they're they're great characters but you can't just you know you, you can't just swap them out i mean batman and superman they are dc you know mm-hmm. wonder woman same you know the the holy tr- trinity there you know they are DC. You can't you can't get rid of them. You can't remake them. You know, they tried in the '90s after the death of Superman. Then you got two Superman, blue and red, and they're all lightning and you know. And then all the people that tried to take over and it, it, you can't do it. You can't do it. Um, they'll they'll be back one way or another. You know, they're going to realize that's cash cow that they need. Uh, I just hope they do it while Henry Cavill is young enough because he is Superman. You know, like if they were really watching Marvel, why don't they just create characters that, you know, nobody's done before? And that way, if it fails, then you don't lose anything. And if it be successful, it'll work. But to, to your point, Alan, like you, they just probably just need better writers and directors that WB will just give them control, right? Absolutely. Right. It's interesting, Alfonso, because uh, for the ladies, gentlemen, and knights listening at home, I think this is your first time to take a shot when i say lazy writing (laughs) joe didn't like the time travel aspect of in game Mm -hmm. i think he described it as sort of like a lazy cop-out or whatever right the only thing worse than lazy writing of time travel is lazy writing where they say well this happened so now we have Supergirl and Batgirl. Right. But all this stuff over here, you're going to just keep your Henry Cavill and your Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. So so we're left with this sort of, like, did this even really matter? Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. Lazy writing. Well, I mean, it's easy. It's, it's really easy to say Superman's off in space. You know, Batman, not too much you can do with him. You know, you can break his back and put him in the hospital for a little bit. But do you remember the Flashpoint animation? Remember, Alan, we watched that at WonderCon. Oh, I do. How good was that? Amazing. It's really yeah. good. I just don't... 
I'm just perplexed. It's 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 like the team in sports that's never won a championship, and they get so close. Buffalo Bills, four years in the Super Bowl can't win anything. That's what it's like with DC. They're always in there in the Super Bowl, but they just keep coming up short, and they're just not a winner. They just need better pitchers, man. <laughs> that, kind of thinking, that kind of thinking right there is why DC is that successful. <laughs> <laughs> they, they really do need to step back and just look at their animation division because their animation – was it Bruce Tim? guy's amazing. He does, he does great work. I mean, those, those DC animation shows have been like gold since day one. Why can't they do that with the movies? So much material there. So much. Because nobody cares about animation. And I don't mean that in the sense that the three of us don't care about animation. Right. And, you know, the, the people uh, listening don't care about animation because clearly we all do. But what I mean is on a corporate level. Right. Animation is not going to bring in the amount of money that a live action movie will. Now, granted, we can say that Disney has its yearly animated movies that do bring mm -hmm. in a large amount of money. There's a completely different model that exists with DC movies. They're never going to reach the same level of money that, uh, like, let's say a Disney movie would, or even an Into the Spider-Verse. And so because of that, even though the smart, the source material is really good, Warner Brothers just doesn't care about animation. It's just an afterthought for them. Right. Yeah. 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 I see what you mean. I am not looking forward to this, not because I'm going to watch the story and I think the story might be interesting, but I feel like even though I was never really that much of a DC guy, as far as comic books go, I think from a cinematic perspective, my first introduction into movies was DC, right? Superman, mm -hmm. Christopher mm -hmm. Reeves, right? Yep. Uh, Batman 89 was, was the bomb. And now it seems like when people didn't care about comic books, it was like, okay, you guys can, you guys can throw your best directors at them. You know, you can, you can have these breakout stars in them. But now that comic book movies are a commodity Warner Brothers has really taken that commodity and turned it into something that doesn't reflect the artistry that its history had before. You know what's in common with those movies that you said in that time period, as well as the animation? They're not dark. And they were successful. They're not dark. Every DC movie now, that's why Aquaman and Shazam did so well. It wasn't dark. There was humor in it. It flowed smooth. It wasn't, you know, like, it wasn't dark. And and, and WB just keeps, seems to think they need to make those type of movies, and it's just not working. The success of Batman the Dark Knight changed the game for DC. They're like, that's what we're going to do. That's our model right there. That's how we're going to make our money. We're going to be darker than Marvel. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then it's just, it's not working. It's not working. But you can't, to Alan's point, you can't watch what marvel's doing and not do what they're doing <laughs> they're doing it right you know what i mean you're gonna watch what they do and just take a little bit from it that they think is gonna work and it doesn't work out that way as you guys were talking i just had a disappointing thought does warner brothers really care if their movies are good because <laughs> we're gonna watch them anyway right. and all they really care about is making money right 
So they look at Marvel and they're like, wow, Marvel did so well, right? But then Warner Brothers comes along and they say, we can put out crap and make the same amount of money. <laughs> no, they're not going to make this um, same amount as like No Way Home. I don't know how WB can watch that and be like, that's a good idea. Let me, let me, because they could do something like that with Flash. I'm holding out hope for for the Flash. I I, I think there's going to be some fun stuff in there. I definitely can appreciate it. I remember, you know, Joe talked about the Flashpoint movie and the Flashpoint comic book. And even on the CW, there was sort of a Flashpoint uh, with the television show. They kind of did Flashpoint. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Just I don't think they're going to make it that good. You know, don't. (laughs) I seen a guy on TikTok. He was like, when when Ursa Miller was on The Flash on CW Mm -hmm. and they were looking at each other and and the guy was like, how did, how were they able to keep that quiet and no way from home? It was the opposite. I'm all probably because no one cares. (laughs) Nobody cares about that on CW and Ursa Miller was on it. Nobody cares. Right. It's not a big deal. Right, and as a and and I feel I feel very bummed for the DC fans who are looking for something good and are just not getting it at all anywhere in the cinema. I mean, you'll get it in animation movies and glimpse here and there on CW, but you know, like in some of the HBO Max series, or we'll talk about the Peacemaker. But DC doesn't have anything to look forward to. Nobody's talking about Flashpoint. Nobody. You know that brings up a good point. Where, where is where's Peacemaker in the whole scheme of things? Yeah, interesting. You should uh, mention that. There's always a million theories going around because Peacemaker directly speaks to what Joe talks about so often. Why not take a chance? Why not use a character that's not familiar to the general public and create something from scratch? Okay, there is no more creating something from scratch than giving us Peacemaker, (laughs) right? So one of the things that I've seen in rumors, innuendo, and and possibly right or wrong is that Peacemaker takes place after Flashpoint. Oh, I don't think it really matters because (laughs) I'm just going to jump into the Peacemaker pool. (laughs) Peacemaker was awesome. I think it benefited from having three episodes because after that first episode, um, I was like, no, I'm not going to watch The Witcher. I thought to myself, (laughs) I thought to myself, I I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then that second episode, I was like, oh, okay. And by the third episode, I was like, dude, this is pretty cool. I really Mm -hmm. like it. Definitely benefited from three episodes. I like it. Uh, Peacemaker is just beyond D-list character. You know, he he's not actually even a DC character originally. Uh, he started out in Charlton Comics uh, back oh, in wow. 1966. Completely separate. Charlton Comics went out of business, okay? So my boy Peacemaker <laughs> didn't bring in any money. Mm-hmm. And you know, as DC does, because they did it with Shazam, um, they just bought up they bought up the characters and now they use them as B-list because unless you come directly from DC, then you always have to be B-list, but for some reason they'll buy them up. 
Peacemaker is the ultimate D-list character, but I love this show. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, the show is really good. It's better than Boba Fett. <laughs> Way better than Boba Fett. Just the characters together that they assemble together is really good. Characters you, you know, you might know some of them from Suicide Squad, the, I guess, reboot. I don't know if you'd call it the second one. They're new characters and they're really good. The chemistry between the characters is really awesome. Again, it's James Gunn. It's his baby. He's the director. He's the writer. It's really good. So now my question to you, Alfonso, is why doesn't WB learn from that and make better content? <laughs> um, they're going to need to. I mean, I'm sure this is going to open their eyes. Uh, the talk around Peacemaker is is so great. I mean, it's it's better than the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad was better than Suicide Squad. That's the difference. The <laughs> But um, yeah, so it was better than Suicide Squad, or better than Suicide Squad, and it, it was kind of going the right direction. And then Peacemaker just blows it out of the water. I mean, this show is so much fun. It's 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 so gritty. It's it's you know, it, it's that I don't know if you guys have a dad or a grandfather who you're like, oh, you can't say that, <laughs> you can't say that anymore. And and that's like the whole episodes you're doing that, you know, because oh man. I'm loving it. Yeah, and Adrian Chase is good too. I don't know. Well, I don't know if you watched the Arrow, Alan. I think maybe Alfie may have, but um, Adrian Chase was in the Arrow as well. But he was more kind of like a copycat, more of a villain. To where now Adrian Chase in this one is pretty freaking funny, dude. Is that the vigilante? Yep. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, oh, that costume is familiar. Yeah. It's like I know it's, vigilante. Yeah, vigilante, and then in um, Arrow, he was in. He was called uh, Prometheus. Right, right. I don't think. And I, of course, I'm probably wrong. Uh, this show has 94 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, I don't wow. care about Rotten Tomatoes, but yeah. still, 94 percent. Wow, it's got mm -hmm. 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb. This is probably the best rated show ever on HBO max. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing about HBO max, which I kind of have to respect is they don't release any of their numbers like, Oh, 5.9 million people watch this show on opening day. They're just like, why you want to watch it? You want to watch it. Mm -hmm. Whereas Disney releases that information. So I was curious to see like, okay, how is this going to compare to a Hawkeye or something else? But since the only numbers that I was able to find are the ratings from other shows, if we just look at that, the buzz on this show is absolutely amazing. And I love it because, number one, I love James Gunn. Not really going to get too political or harp on Marvel, but Marvel did him dirty. <laughs> and he has shown that Marvel isn't the only entity that he can use to be successful. And it's not about Marvel. It's about what James Gunn brings to the table. Yeah. Why couldn't James Gunn be their Kevin Feige? You know? For real. That would that would make DC. Yeah. Joe brings up an excellent point. As much as Peacemaker is supposed to be a homicidal maniac, <laughs> this show is fun. You know, that's what that's what Joe talked about before. Previously, DC was not dark. DC didn't have to be gritty in order to move the plot along. And that's what Peacemaker is showing us, you know? It, 
let's have fun. It's still kick ass. <laughs> John Zena's good in this. <laughs> like he is a peacemaker. He's just he's his acting's pretty good too. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what, dude, he's pretty good. Cause there's not too many you know WWE or aka WWF, you know, if you're old school like that. There's not too many of them that can transition the movies as well. You know, like Rock is of course the the number one dude. I don't I don't count Hulk Hogan. Um, but Rock is like the one that's you know, like he's known for that. And to see John Zena do it as well it's pretty cool to see wait was was john cena in this i didn't see him <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> so bad it was just that floating helmet throughout the entire show yeah. you can't helmet. see me <laughs> but, but how, how cool was the different helmets oh man i love that they broke into the origin not the origin but at least the you know why does he wear this stupid helmet and it's like oh this helmet has that this helmet has this i'm like an invulnerability helmet why that's the one i'd wear all the time but clearly, you know the uh, the sonic blast one came in handy. Yeah, yeah. it would it would have came in handy with that starfish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what's cool about that, to your to your point, Joe, is they took him out of Suicide Squad, so it's like, well, that's why he didn't use one of his helmets. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of cool how they did that. Yeah. Like, like they took him out. You know, he obviously wasn't around but it's like so it still makes sense it's like james gunn being sort of like the kevin feige of his own universe just didn't make one movie and think like this movie's going to stand alone he thought to himself i'm also going to have this tv show that spins off of the movie so this plot point has to make point when people watch it but here's the thing too his dad's basically a racist bro (laughs) and he's raised peacemaker to be that way like you remember when he had that conversation with uh jamil when he first mm-hmm. woke up and he was <laughs> talking to him he's like wait you're the peacemaker that's racist you kill a lot of minorities he's like no i killed he goes no you kill he's like well how about this how about I'll, when i kill i'll kill a lot more white people than i do minorities <laughs> and he's like okay i'll take that deal but there's a character development seeing someone that's racist like that was raised racist because racist racism is taught right you don't you're not just born and being a racist it's taught so his dad taught him to be a racist but yet he's going to be because if you look you have willer's daughter leota right in the series it's going to change him to think like you know he's not going to think being a racist anymore so you have some character development there to see his journey of him to change it and you know like I, I knew this guy years ago, like when I used to work with him at and he was a white guy hanging around nothing but Asians. And I was like, wow, that's kind of kind of weird to see that, right? And he said he grew up a racist because they taught him to be a racist. But yet he changed the way he was thinking when he met an Asian guy. And so now he hangs around with a bunch of Asian guys and he's like, I don't think that way anymore. And I thought that was pretty cool. And you're seeing it right now with the Peacemaker. I think that this show has so much promise uh, to Joe's point. You're seeing more character development or more promise of character development in these three episodes than we've seen from a lot of offerings on television in a really long time. <laughs> so who do you like better uh, die beard or hardcore 
Hardcore? Hard, hardcore. Definitely Die Beard. Die Beard is awesome. All day. All yeah, day Die Beard. Die Beard is, is freaking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when he took out Judo Master at the end, dude, that yeah. was awesome. Dude, Judo Master, Master is dope too, man. <laughs> yeah. Judo Master was hilarious. And what was cool is the way that Judo Master basically kicked their butts was just like they're not making John Cena out to be this invulnerable guy where like at the end he pulls out some, you know, some, some special move or something. It's like, right. no, dude, you just got handled. <laughs> yeah. you know? And he took it. Yeah. Oh, man. When, when he went out of that balcony of that apartment, I'm like, oh, man, we're going to see some cool parkour. Nope. Landed on his face. Nope. Landed <laughs> on his chest. Nope. Landed on his feet and then fell to his butt. Oh, man, I was dying. I was dying. But and he's always holding his shoulder because he had that that surgery. That's yeah. so great. I appreciate that, though. Like, to see him fall like that and struggle, yeah. I'm like, I appreciate that. You know, like... And it lets you know his relationship with his dad, right? When he was telling that story about, you know, was it Bloodshot? Like, <laughs> I can't never, so many different blood names. But he was telling them about, like, you know, how his fear of rats and stuff. And the dad was like, you didn't get shot. shot you didn't get, yeah, he's not the guy that shot you. <laughs> you know, and then it changed everything. Just imagine what his dad would say with him struggling, jumping from balcony to balcony and getting kicked, get his butt kicked by a midget. <laughs> I, I think Judo Master was just short. Not <laughs> yeah. But he was tiny, though. You know what I mean? It's just, here, here's the thing. If the theory is saying that it takes place after Flashpoint, that's probably why there's a bunch of butterflies. You, the butterflies probably could have happened because of Flashpoint. Mm. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if, if there are aliens out there and you're like, hey, you know what? This planet doesn't have a Superman. We're totally invading, right? Right. Why not? But I'm like, but they should have a Supergirl. So that, that, what are you oh, doing, DC? May, maybe she's but, not there yet. No, but that's the is. thing, though. It, it, when you when you read a super, I don't. I've never read a Supergirl comic. I'm not even gonna lie. If someone would read a Supergirl comic, how many times have she used her X-ray vision? Not as much as Superman, probably. Right? Superman's known for that. Right. So if they if Superman is not there, that's how the butterflies are there. Because Superman would be able to see all those butterflies. Yeah, especially with the way they showed at the end, where all the the map with all the butterflies. I mean, they're everywhere. So yeah, how would he not run into one or three? He would know. Yeah, that's a good point, Joe. Because with the amount of butterflies that were proliferated across the entire U.S., it would seem that there's some sort of vacuum. Of metahumans or superpowered aliens or something that would leave the world open to be invaded. You know, when you talk about too, like you, you said that this might be after Flashpoint and and also with maybe Flashpoint erasing Batman and Superman. Well, I mean, they did bring up Batmite, and you don't have a Batmite without a Batman, you know. So right. I can't believe they canonized Batmite. That was so awesome. It it really a little from the fifth dimension. <laughs> this show takes so many risks. So many. And that's why it works. 
there's I think there's eight episodes that there that James Gunn did with Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be a season two? Is James Gunn going to do it? And you know, there's going to be a hive. Like there's going to be a main queen for the butterflies. So if this was only one season, they're going to kill the they're going to kill the queen, and then that's that. I would say that the best shows you get to the end of season one. Let's not let's not talk about Lost. But <laughs> get to the end of the season and they will, let's say, kill the queen. But then they find out like there's other aliens that are doing other stuff or they're part of a larger group. So I think they're, they can go on forever with this. Yeah. Or, or just give them a new mission. Mm-hmm. Or like Waller's daughter. That was like a, okay. Yeah. You've never seen Waller like be any kind of sentimental at all other than just mean you know and she's got a daughter you know she she loves her and it's like you tell you you hear her talking nice it was weird but also once again you're taking a character that for two movies and most of the comic books that i've ever read has been very one-dimensional. She's the hard-ass. She's the badass. And now you're giving another dimension to her. Right. Mm-hmm. Bravo, James Gunn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, you know, she's got to have a home life. She, she can't be that way the entire time, you know? But it's also kind of cool how she's in the background and she hears everyone talk trash about her mom. <laughs> she probably doesn't know she her mom's ruthless like that. Right. That is interesting because it brings up the idea that, and this is similar to what they did with Peacemaker, everyone is a villain in the eyes of someone else, but that villain is a hero to someone else. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Peacemaker was a villain, which was how he ended up with Suicide Squad. But if you think about it, like vigilante looks up to him right and his ideas he sees himself as a good guy looking at the comic book uh you know the thing about peacemaker is he's like peace at all costs it's a ridiculous concept right but he feels like he's doing well he feels like he's doing good and so when you stop and think about it it's a very marvel concept in a way is he really a villain or is he simply following his ideology? Right. But to your point, do you think it's the dad's ideology? Like you said, because think about this. You remember when he was like, (laughs) I'm not going to say it on here, but he says he'll suck a lot of penises to bring peace to the world. Right. (laughs) And and suicide squad. Remember he said that and he'll kill whatever. Now, when you see, when they were like, kill the kids, you see him like, Dude, I don't think I could do that. Right. That's the first time for a guy that says he'll do anything for peace, question his ideology, like what you had said, Alan. And so now he's thinking, I can't do this, which vigilante was like, just give me the gun. Bah, bah, bah. But it made him think like everything's changing the way he is because if you, you know, from, from the movie, you see him, he's doing all these little trick shots and he's just like <laughs> talking, 
he has so much confidence in his ability. Then you see him break down in his own bedroom because he's starting to come to the realization nobody likes him. You know, it, it's like a classic uh, look at it like a, like a bully. You know, it's like they're they're always you know pushing people away and they're always making fun because they don't feel like they they can be accepted or anything. You know, and and deep down they're hurting. That's why they are like they are. You know, so he's 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 evolving. He's you know his character is just becoming so much more than he ever was. You know, it's like he's stepping out of the shadow of his dad, who apparently is some kind of like clan leader or something. And, and he's, you know, he's becoming his own man. You know, he's got, he's got all this, all this knowledge, uh, you know, what he's learned over the years. And he's going to, and he, he thinks he's a superhero. He sees himself as a superhero. And now he's got people like, what do you mean? I can't say that. But no, what I said was this and it meant this. And they're like, no, what you said was this, and it means this. It's like, oh. So he, you know, he's got a good heart. He's got a good heart, and that's a good start. <laughs> it sort of brings up the concept of, you know, nature or nurture. Right. He's a good-natured person, mm -hmm. but he's been trained or taught to do things that are contradictory to his nature. And so now it's like he's going through this evolution where he's starting to question thing. He's questioning his dad. He's questioning the government. He's questioning his orders. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be cool to see the nature versus nurture, nurture aspect of Peacemaker. Yeah. Right. Cause you, cause remember when he's like, dude, I killed flag and they're like, we didn't ask you to. So it's making him think like, mm, maybe I could have did, I could have did it differently without killing him. So it's, like you said, I think I agree with that. He's really questioning his morals and, and that's character development. That's why James Gunn is so dope, dude. Like the, the whole scene of him, like, Whoa, Cinderella, like all these little old school bands and he puts it in there and he's freaking singing. <laughs> and it's like, dude, John Zena shaking his rump. It's some whiteys singing the song. How great is this? The first episode, when you watched him do that dance, did it throw you off? Where you're like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna be good. But then on the second episode, you were looking forward to seeing that dumb dance. Yeah. But you mean the dance I've been practicing? I was gonna say by the third episode, <laughs> you were trying to dance along to it. <laughs> you know, we're gonna see some UPS FedEx drivers and. Uh, they're all going to be doing it. No, no, Joe, you on that? You on that, Joe? No, I'm not on. I, I saw. I was on Instagram today, and I saw a dude already doing it with his family. He was dressed dressed up as Peacemaker. I don't know about that. People be like, "Who's that? Who's that, bro? Come on, bro. We can't have the TikTok icon with all the UPS connections. Not kill that." There's yeah. so many worse dances on TikTok. And I'm surprised. Oh, I'm surprised. Every day I'm looking, I'm like, I haven't seen too many TikTok dances, you know, with Peacemaker. I saw one today, and it was pretty bad. But I know people can do better. I believe it. So apparently, when I see Joe and the UPS crew do the Peacemaker dance, then I'll be watching the first season of <laughs> The Witcher. Yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> the line has been drawn. <laughs> the gun yeah. thrown in the sand. Maybe, maybe if the Flash does his little flashpoint, maybe I might do it. Oh man! So, how much do you guys want an eagle now? I mean, I want to be hugged by an eagle, dude. I don't trust that eagle. 
I thought it was going to rip his face off. But the moment he walked over to him in the garage, I thought it was just going to attack him. <laughs> Not from the trailer. I, I saw the eagle hug him, so you know, I, I uh, knew the eagle wasn't going to do that. To, to his own, to his point, yeah, the eagle, the eagle's going to like you know basically peck everybody. Yeah. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of like you know he pecked you less than other people, so he must like you, bro. <laughs> Remember when you watched that dog bite me, Joe? Remember? <laughs> yeah. Now, my aunt swears that is the most docile dog. And it never, never bit anybody before. But it tore my finger up that day, bro. Oh. Bro, it did, dude. It did. I wanted Damn. to kick it. So my point is, that's what would happen with the eagle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the eagle looks dope, though. It does. You know, it, it does. Like, I'm okay with it. It doesn't do anything. I mean, remember when he flew down and it had like that possum? possum. possum? Yeah, he was trying to take and care just, of him. And just was like, here, eat the possum. I'm like, dude, this eagle's dope. It's like, it'll make you feel better. You're hurt. Eat. I'm like, where can I get one? <laughs> I love it when he's like, hey, have you seen Iggy? Roll down the window, crinkle up a paper. He'll think it's chips. <laughs> He'll yeah. <come> right in. <laughs> And he's they're driving down the road and he's got his head hanging out the window with his tongue out like a dog. It is great. <laughs> yeah, everything about this show is just hitting on all points. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. You got a you daughter got... named Dotterty? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was. It was like, well, just stuff like that that you wouldn't think of. But I don't know if James Gunn wrote that. Obviously, they have a writing staff but stuff like that's funny you know one thing john cena said was that uh james gunn does write a lot of good stuff but he also gives him a lot of range to go ahead and you know just ad lib a little see see what he can throw out there see what works and i mean john cena being in the wwe that's one thing he knows how to do is ad lib you know they go out there with a game plan and a mic and the next thing you know they're either killing it or crushing it or they're being crushed you know and john cena does well with that you know he Came out during Ruthless Aggression, said, you can't see me, took down Kurt Angle, and the rest is history. The rest is history. It's going to be cool to see Peacemaker grow as a character. Yeah. Most definitely. Ladies, gentlemen, and knights in the Nerd World Order, we do this because we love it. And we hope that all of you love it as well. And if you do love it, and I think you do, we would really appreciate if you do two things share it with your friends uh, tell everybody about the nerd world order broadcast and whatever method you listen to it uh apple podcast or uh, you know spotify or whatever you listen to just click that share link share it with your friends tell them about us and also there's a five star option on apple Podcasts, and leave a comment and say these guys are awesome that really means a lot to Apple Podcasts. It will help us move up in the rankings, which will help people find us, which is great because you know, we're like your friends and you want your friends to find your other friends. And that's us. This concludes this episode of the Nerd World Order broadcast. Until next time, ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, I am NWO. We are NWO. Nerds redefined. Hey.